today we're in Matthew 25, and, and uh, Jesus has been talking about, uh, he, he told about the, the uh, in Matthew 25, he told about the foolish virgins and the wise virgins, and uh, then he talked about the, the uh, master who had some, uh, had some possessions, he entrusted them to his servants, and then he came back and called them to give account for what they did with what he had entrusted to them. And today we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at the final passage uh, of Scripture in Matthew 25, uh, where Jesus is talking about uh, is talking about a, a time when when he returns to this earth and sets up his kingdom, and he and he takes a moment to to uh, for a judgment. He takes some time for a judgment, and uh, and many have many have have uh, misinterpreted this this passage of scripture. They have taken this passage of scripture and and applied it in ways that that uh, it. it clearly doesn't mean and so we want to we want to clear some things up with this today but then but then we want to get something for ourselves get, uh, to get some application for us to help us to learn and grow so let's let's look quickly at Matthew 25 verse 31 the bible the bible says when the son of man shall come in his glory so that's that's when Jesus Christ at the end of the uh, the tribulation period after you know there's there's been this this time that we're living in now the rapture of the church and then seven years of tribulation, at the end of that seven years of tribulation, the Son of Man comes in His glory. The Bible says every eye shall see Him. He'll be coming back uh, seated on a white horse. The Bible says He'll be wearing a, a robe that's dipped in blood. On His thigh will be the name that says uh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. On his, crown or, uh, on his head are many crowns. And he's followed, with the, he's followed by the host of heaven. He's followed by the saints that have, that have uh, been there in heaven with him. That's us. Amen. Those of us who are saved, we were raptured. Uh, at, at that point, we were with him through, the, uh, through those seven years. And we come back with him uh, when he comes uh, to set up his kingdom here on earth for a thousand years. So when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. So he's been telling them about the kingdom. He's giving them some things uh, leading up to the kingdom that he will establish here on earth for a thousand years. So, uh, so that is that's what we have in mind. He's come back and he's setting up his. He sets up his kingdom, and he sits on the throne of that kingdom. And when he does that, he calls the people of the world together, and and he and the Bible says that he he divides them. Now it 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 shows us here that uh, that he, it says and before him shall be gathered all nations, and this is talking about all people groups, all ethnicities, everybody, uh, and all these individuals. They come from all around the world to stand before him. This is this is not the this is not what we know as the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is when those who are saved stand before Christ and are judged, we receive the rewards for the things that we've done. It, that judgment does not determine who goes to heaven or who goes to hell. The judgment seat of Christ is only for those who are saved, and we will, we will of course, be going to heaven at that point. We're receiving rewards. So that's the judgment seat of Christ. This judgment we're talking about here is not the judgment seat of Christ. This judgment that we're talking about here is not the great white throne judgment. That will come after the thousand-year millennial reign. This judgment is often called the judgment of the nations. Uh, sometimes people call it the judgment of, of the sheep and the goats, and we'll see that in just a moment. Uh, the Bible says, uh, it says he will, uh, he'll gather all the nations before him, and, and he shall separate them one for the other, from the other as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. 
and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. What he's doing here is, is, as I said, this is at the end of the tribulation period. And when you study the prophecies there in Scripture, you'll find that the people who were here on earth uh, during that seven years tribulation were people who had not received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And, and God's, God sends two witnesses who will preach uh, for three and a half years. They will preach and, and 144,000 uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish male uh, virgins will trust Christ as their Savior. That's what the Bible teaches in Revelation. 144,000 of, the, of them will be saved and they will go out as witnesses, as missionaries to the entire world. And as these 144,000 go through the, throughout the world, uh, they will be facing opposition because Antichrist will be ruling at that time. And he, does, he will not like what these guys are going about doing. So he will be persecuting those 144,000. He will be calling for anyone who knows one of these 144,000 to turn them in. And, and they, he will make laws and, and forbid anyone from helping them. And so, and so we see it's a very da- it'll be a very dangerous thing to help one of these evangelists, one of these missionaries during that time of tribulation. And, and so uh, the, as, we, as we read through here, the Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus, Jesus says to them, uh, he, he, he says to those, on, uh, those who are his, the sheep on his right hand, he says, enter into the kingdom prepared for you of my father. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was uh, sick and you visited me. I was in prison and, and, you, and you, uh, you came to me. And they said, when, when do we see this? When do we give you the, the cup of water? When do we give you uh, food and all of that? And he says, when you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So he's, he's saying to them uh, that you've, you've helped my servants. And when you've done it to them, it's as you've done it to me. So he's blessing them for, for what they have done uh, to, to his servants. And those are the ones he allows to go into the millennial kingdom. And they are divided one from the other. Those who, those who turned the servants in, those who turned in the evangelists, those who persecuted them and stood with Antichrist during that, during that uh, seven years of tribulation, the Bible says that they will be cast into the fire. And so that's the dividing of the sheep from the goats. And, uh, and, and the, the, Bible tells us, the Bible tells us here that, that God will make this division. Jesus will make this division. And, and so uh, that is the, that's kind of the big picture. That is the actual applic- uh, interpretation of this passage of Scripture. That's what it's talking about. And, and so as we see that, we see that we're, we're not being divided one from the other. We're, we're not involved in that judgment. So how does that help us? It helps us because, because we realize, we realize that, uh, the, way that, the way that God is working here, uh, there are divisions. And, and let's, let's, take that, let's take that interpretation and let's, let's get an application for us today. How can this help us today? Now, while, uh, while we see that, that there's not going to be a general judgment where everybody comes together uh, in, in, uh, from this time in which we're living and God divide one from the other, uh, we do see that there are two divisions. There are two groups of people. 
Uh, we look across the world and we see people from all kinds of, all, all the various nations, all the different uh, languages, all different uh, backgrounds and such as that. But when you boil it all down, there are only two groups of people. They're saved and they're lost. Those who have believed in Jesus Christ and those who have not trusted Jesus as their Savior. There are only two groups of people in this world. And, and, and that's, that's the groups that we really need to focus on. That's why, that's why I believe that it's, it's, it's ungodly. I believe it's un, un, un christ like it, it's, it's not the, the, uh, the Christian thing, not the biblical thing to do, to have all these, all these divisions and have these, uh, these attitudes toward others that are that, uh, you know, from other nations, from other ethnicities, from other languages and things like that. And, and sadly, there are, many, there are many people in churches that call themselves Christians that have animosity towards somebody that's, that's of a different. That's from a different nation. That's sin. Uh, there, when you boil it all down, there's only saved and lost. There, are those who are the children of God and those who are not. And God wants everybody to be saved. So, how are we going to reach those that are not if we have an attitude of or animosity toward them? We're not going to. So we need to. We need to. We need to uh, humble ourselves. We need to love like Christ loves, and we need to reach out to those who are who are not yet believers. We need to present Christ to them and reach them with the gospel. Uh, the Bible shows us there are only two. There are only two divisions of people. There are those who are saved and those that are lost. And and those that are lost need to hear the good news of the gospel. Those of us who are saved were not saved because of any, any merit of our own. We didn't earn it. There's no good thing in us. The Bible says uh, that uh, the Bible tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned uh, to our own way, and the Lord laid, uh, laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. We see that we see that we are all as an unclean thing, and and our uh, our, our righteousnesses before God are as filthy rags. And all we have to present to Him is filthiness. And so we, we must rely on Jesus Christ and His goodness and His grace to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to save us. And so when we come to Him in faith and repentance, He does forgive us, He does save us, and He gives us a job to do. And that job is to take the gospel to those who are, who are lost. Those who are in the spiritual condition that we were once in. Those who are still dead in their trespasses and sins. Those who are still on their way to hell. Those who are not yet believers in Jesus Christ. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It's not, it's not of our good works. It's not anything special about us. Hey, we're just earthen vessels. We're just, we're just dirt. But I'm glad that, that God has given us this privilege, this blessing, to be able to take the message of the gospel to those who are lost. Hey, just two groups of people in the world. When we, uh, this past week, there was, uh, we had the, had the election, and, and uh, my wife and I and, and Julianne, uh, we had the, the privilege of working together, the three of us working together uh, at, uh, at the polling place there, and, and what a great time we had. It was, it was awesome. We enjoyed that uh, good time together, spending those, what, 15, 16 hours uh, there, uh, listening to people uh, mad about everything that's going on in the, in the country, and, and that was just a joy, and, uh, but uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, people came in, and 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 they were some would some would come in talking their talking their political uh, ideology and things like that, and you know, and that's we don't need to concern ourselves as Christians in the Christian realm. We don't 
we're, we're not talking about Republican, Democrat, Independent, uh, uh, Constitution, Green, uh, uh, whatever else it is, you know. Uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about saved and lost. We're not talking about uh, American, uh, Canadian, Mexican, Haitian, uh, uh, Brazilian, uh, uh, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. We're not talking about all that. We're talking about saved people, lost people. That's that's really what we as Christians need to have as our number one uh, perspective. Our number one outlook on on life is there are people that are saved and there are people that are lost. And those that are saved have a responsibility to reach those that are lost with the gospel. That needs to be our focus. Because the day will come. The day will come when those that are saved will be taken out of here. There will be that division. There There are only two groups of people. Let's look at takeaway number one. There are truly only two groups of people, those who are uh, redeemed from sin and those who remain in sin. This is what we need to remember. Very simple, very plain. Those who are redeemed from their sin and those who remain in their sin. Now, this morning, I I certainly hope that you have been redeemed from your sin. I hope that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. If you haven't, I hope that today you will trust Christ as your Savior. I hope that you will receive His forgiveness. Because it's not God's will that you remain in your sin. He wants you to be redeemed. We see, see first of all, the two divisions. Two divisions. Secondly, we see two destinations. In this uh, in this uh, interpretation, the, the exact interpretation of this passage of Scripture that we're looking at, uh, those, who, those who were good to the servants of God, they are allowed entrance into the millennial kingdom. That doesn't mean they're born again. It doesn't mean that they're saved. They just get to go into that millennial kingdom and, and, uh, and live in that millennial kingdom. Those who, those who were, uh, did not receive his servants, those who, who were turned them in uh, to Antichrist and all that, they, are, they go to their judgment. They go, to, uh, they go to, uh, to hell, as the Bible teaches. There are two destinations. Then, uh, then shall the king say to them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared to you for you from the foundation of the world. These, these people are blessed, notice he says, by my father. He doesn't say by your father because these people aren't necessarily saved. They, uh, they will have the opportunity to see him as king and, and see him as Messiah and trust him uh, during that thousand years millennial reign. Uh, but uh, uh, but we see that, we see that uh, they will come into the kingdom. But those who are those who are not, uh, who have, uh, have are not allowed to come into the kingdom, the Bible says, "Then shall he say unto them also on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels." See, he these he cast into into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Notice, hell was never prepared for man. Now. That, that doesn't mean that man doesn't go there. But hell, uh, because, because mankind, do, uh, do, uh, people, people do go to hell. But it was never designed, it was never intended originally for man to go there. Hell was originally designed as a, as a place of, of judgment, a place for punishment for, for Satan and for those demons that followed him. Those angels, that, that third of the angels that followed Lucifer in his rebellion against God. 
And, and that's, that is what hell was prepared for. But when, when uh, the serpent tempted Adam and Eve there in the garden and Adam chose to side with the serpent and rebel against God, man chose to side with Satan. And by choosing to side with Satan, man also chose the judgment that Satan would receive. So when people say, I don't believe that a, that a loving God would send anybody to hell, you can say, I absolutely agree with you. Because a loving God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves to hell. Because man chose to sin. And, and, and we're born sinners. But the, and the Bible tells us that the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. God's saving grace has been offered to every person. Every person has an opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And some may say, well, what about those people in the remote areas of the world that have never heard the gospel? Hey, all I'm telling you is the Bible says that God's grace has appeared to all men. Now, all, in, in every dictionary I've looked at, all means all. And it doesn't mean that there are some exclusions to that. There, so when he says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, that means everybody has had an opportunity to receive or reject Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the scriptures. And, and that's found in Titus chapter 2. And, and we, we see that all have, have been offered the grace of God. The Bible says that they are without excuse. In the book of Romans, he says, The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. No one will have an excuse when they stand before God. See, God, God prepared hell as a place to, to judge Satan and, and the, the demons uh, that follow him. But when man chose to sin, when man chose to rebel against God, man chose that judgment as well. But God in His love and mercy, even though He didn't have to, He, did, he didn't owe man anything. God took, another, uh, took, a, took a step of grace and, and, and sent Jesus Christ as a propitiation for our sins. He is the satisfactory payment. He's the one that makes us acceptable to God. He is the one that offers that grace and that forgiveness. And Jesus Christ uh, gave himself as a sacrifice on the cross at Calvary. He shed his blood. He died because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So Jesus, the sinless, spotless, Lamb of God gave himself to be that sacrifice for our sins. He died so we wouldn't have to die eternally. He gave himself for me and for you. We see two destinations. Uh, and and the, Bible, the Bible tells us that, uh, that these, uh, these who reject Jesus, these who, these who rebel against God and will not receive Jesus as their Savior, those who die in their sins go to this place the Bible calls hell. And in the final judgment at the end of the, millennia, of the millennial reign, the Bible says that death and hell will give up the dead that are in them and they will stand before God at the great white throne judgment only to hear Him say, Depart from me and they'll be cast into the lake of fire what a terrible terrible fate what a terrible destination and some say some say well the bible uh, some say well uh, you know if they're cast there they'll just be they'll just be annihilated no the bible says and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever 
It says everlasting fire. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, Throughout Scripture, throughout the Gospels, Jesus speaks over and over and over of this place called hell, this uh, this place of torment. And and, and He tells about how how people are are agonizing. Uh, The Bible says, Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Uh, Hell is not a place where people go temporarily and they're they're just annihilated uh, and they they cease to exist. No, the Bible teaches us they they will be suffering in the lake of fire for all eternity that's why church that's why we should be so passionate to take the gospel to the world because hey even if it was just a even if it was just a, a, a for a very uh, just a, a very mild uh, mild uh, uh, heat uh, for eternity that that'd be terrible but this is fire where they'll be burning forever and ever and ever And the grace of God has been extended to them so they don't have to go there. And God's given us the message of the gospel of Christ to go to all the world and preach this so people can be saved and they don't have to go to this place called hell. God doesn't want anyone to go there. He said He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So He did everything that was necessary. And He offers salvation freely to everyone. And He wants everyone to be saved. Because see, when you trust Christ as your Savior, when you, received his, when you receive His gift of eternal life that births you into the family of God, it gives, you, it gives you citizenship in heaven. And one day, one day when this life is over, whether we, whether we go out of this life through death or, or whether we live till, till the rapture and He takes us out of this world at the rapture, hey, we'll go to be face to face with Jesus Christ and we'll get to be with Him in that, that land where, hey, where He is the light. There's no need for a, a candle. There's no need for a lantern. There's no need for a light bulb because Jesus Christ is the light. This is a place where no more suffering, no more sickness, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. This is a place where the street is paved with gold. The Bible says there are mansions for us to live in. And Jesus Christ is right there in the center of it all. And He rules and He reigns and we get to be with Him forever. Oh, what a wonderful place. Oh, I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm looking forward to being there. I'm looking forward to, uh, to having, this, having this world behind us. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited about that day. Hey, that's, that's my destination. That's my destination. That's where I'm going, and I know I'm going there. And it's not, as I said earlier, it's not because of any merit of our own. But, hey, but I know I'm going because of the decision that I made. The decision I made. Hey, look here. Uh, uh, let's. I'm, I'm getting. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Uh, takeaway number two: Everyone will spend eternity somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. The question is, where will you be? Will you go to heaven to be with Jesus Christ? Everybody wants to think they'll go to heaven, hey, but uh, but here's the thing: It has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with how good you are. It has nothing to do with with uh, uh, your church membership. It has nothing to do with the fact that you, that you uh, had some water sprinkled on you or you were put, in, uh, put under the water. Uh, baptism doesn't save us. Baptism doesn't birth us into the family of God. Hey, but what does save us is the, is the faith in Jesus Christ. So heaven or hell, where will you be? Number three, two distinctions. Two distinctions. He said, to, 
He said to those on his right, I was a hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, uh, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. We see this is this is speaking of of the 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 service that they did for God's people during the tribulation and and here's 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 another thing about this passage this passage is so many times taken twisted distorted to uh, to preach a social justice gospel now I don't believe that God is is for oppressing anyone but social justice does not get us to heaven there's so many, so many causes out there. And, 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 and if you'll notice, these social justice causes, all they do is divide. They divide people. And God does not want... Hey, God, There will be a division one day, but that's a division that God's doing because, because people have chosen whether to receive Him or reject Him. But in our day and time, we need to be reaching out to people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, not dividing, not, not magnifying racial issues or, or economic differences and all these different things. Hey, those, those things, those things are, 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 they are intended for division. They're intended to keep us divided. We don't need to fall prey to those traps. We hear, we hear people getting up, these political leaders, and they'll, they'll get up and they'll, and they'll quote these passages as a justification to, to try to justify why, why, they should, why they should steal from some and, and, and hand it out to others. That's not what this is talking about here. This is not talking about social justice. Again, God is not for the oppression of any. He's for the, he is for relieving the oppressed, for sure. But that is not what this is speaking about. Again, this is speaking about those who, during the tribulation, risked their own lives to give a cup of cold water to a servant of Jesus Christ. They reached out and... and, and visited, the, visited when they were sick or when they were persecuted. Hey, they did good to God's servants. They made a decision. That's really what we see here. They made a decision. Now, God does want us to do good to people. He does want us to be good to people. In fact, He says in Galatians chapter 6, As you have therefore opportunity, do good to all men especially unto those of the household of faith. We ought to do good to people. We ought to be good to people. Because here's the thing, we're to reflect Jesus Christ. And the Bible says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. How are we going to reflect Jesus Christ if we're not showing people the goodness of God by reflecting His goodness in our lives? How are we going to do that? We can't, can we? So we need to be good to people. And he says, as you have opportunity, you ought to do it as often as you possibly can. Especially if it's a person who is a child of God. 
That's what the Bible says, especially to, unto them who are of the household of faith. Notice in Mark chapter 9, he says, Whosoever shall receive one, such, uh, uh, one, uh, one of such children in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. When we're, when we're doing good to, to others, it's as if we're doing it for Jesus Christ. And in that, in that day, when these are, when these are, are uh, reaching out to those who are, who are evangelists for, uh, for Jesus Christ during that time of tribulation, and they're being good to them, Jesus says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that as if you're doing it to me, and I'm going to bless you for it. So they get to go into that millennial kingdom. We see on the flip side of it, those who, uh, those, he says, I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it not to me. He said, you, you chose not to, do, not to receive what they were saying. You choo- chose not to receive them. You chose to reject them. And in doing so, you're rejecting me. Perhaps these who did receive them were ones saying, Hey, I, w- I, want, to, I want to hear a little more about what you're saying. I, I'm sympathetic to your cause, but I'm not totally convinced yet. So they, so they received them into their house, or they took them uh, water or whatever. And so by being good to them, they have entrance into the, king, into the kingdom that is established here for a thousand years. Those who rejected them, rejected them, they rejected God, they rejected everything they stood for, and, and they, are, they, are, they go to their judgment. Application for today. People make a decision to receive Christ or to reject Him. It's just that simple. The, the distinction here is to receive or reject. In our day, uh, it, it's not... It, it, in, in, our, in the day in which we live, the salvation is offered freely to whosoever will. And I'm glad that's the way it is. It's, it's always been that way because God is gracious. He always has been and He always will be gracious. He's always good. And He does extend salvation to whosoever will receive Him as their Savior. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and he, he offers that gift freely to anybody and everybody. The, the, the distinction between the two groups are those who have received and those who have rejected. I wonder today, have you received or have you rejected? If you've received, then your destination is heaven. Your destination is heaven. There are only two, remember, only two groups, redeemed from sin and those who remain in their sin. The destination for the redeemed is heaven. The destination for those who remain in their sin is hell. The distinction is those who have been redeemed have received Jesus as their Savior. Those who remain in their sin have rejected His offer of forgiveness. They've rejected His his offer of eternal life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. See, it's a gift. It's offered freely to anybody and everybody. A gift can only be received or rejected. It's that simple. The question is, have you received it? Or have you just rejected it, trusting in your, your own efforts to get you to heaven? See, the Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. 
If you've received, if you've received the gift of God, eternal life, then you have Jesus Christ. I'm not asking, do you know who He is? I'm asking, have you received Him as your Savior? Have you received His gift of, of eternal life? Have you received His forgiveness for your sins? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone? Or perhaps have you trusted in your efforts, your church membership, your goodness, your ideas? See, if you're trusting in you, you are rejecting Jesus. Look at takeaway three. The, uh, the salvation of a soul is based solely upon faith in Jesus Christ and His work of redemption. It's based solely upon faith in Jesus Christ and His work of redemption. Believe or reject. It's your choice. The choice is up to you. The question is, what will you do with Jesus? Will you believe Him and receive Him? Or will you continue in unbelief and reject Him? The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants you to have eternal life and He wants you to know it. Many times you ask people, if, if you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? And people say, well, I hope so. Well, I think so. Well, I feel pretty sure that I would. But the Bible says you can know. Why, why risk something so important? Why, why risk going to hell and suffering for all eternity because you think so? I... I I want to. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make you nervous or, or make you doubt or anything. But the Bible says, "Search, examine yourselves, whether you're in the faith." When you stand before God, why should He? Why should He allow you into heaven? It's not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to His mercy that He saves us. See what we what we truly deserve is hell. What we truly deserve is to spend eternity separated from God in the lake of fire. We truly deserve judgment for eternity. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm not talking about mental assent. I'm not talking about having head knowledge that Jesus existed and, the and just knowing the historical facts. I'm talking about trusting Him from the heart. Trusting Him from the heart for eternity. Trusting Him as your Savior. Now, it's, it's as simple as... As the Bible says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You, you believe him, and you receive him. Ask him, and he'll give you that salvation. He's offering, he's offering the gift of eternal life to you freely. And if, you, if you've not done that, I want to encourage you today to receive that gift. Just talk to God. And you can, and you can pray. It's, it's, not the, it's nothing magical or mystical about the words we say. 
It is simply faith from the heart, trusting Jesus Christ and Him alone. You could pray something as simple as, Lord Jesus, I, I, I see and I understand. I know that I am a sinner. And I know that I cannot save myself. I know that my efforts will only take me to hell. But I know that you died on the cross for me. I believe that your sin, uh, that, that your, your, your sacrifice takes my sin away. I know that you are sinless. I know that you're the perfect sinless Lamb of God. That you would forgive me. So Lord Jesus, would you forgive me and save me? And you know what? If you'll ask him that, he'll do it. He said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you've done. You come to Jesus in repentance and faith, and he will save you. The question this morning is, will you receive him? Have you received him? If the answer is yes, praise the Lord. Go tell somebody what he's done for you to see somebody else saved, to reach others, to rescue them from perishing in the lake of fire. If, you, if your answer this morning is, no, I've not received him, then would you receive him today? Would you trust him as your Lord and Savior? He doesn't want you to go to hell, but that's where you're headed. In his love, he made a way so you don't have to go there. Would you trust him today? Let's bow for prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you and praise you for your love for us. I want to thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that, that, that you did everything needful and necessary for us to be saved. Lord, you have done the work. All we need to do is just trust you. Help us, Lord, today to obey you. I pray for, I pray for each person that's here. I pray that today we'll search our hearts, examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. If there's any here today that have, that's trusted in, in church membership or trusted in, in religion or trusted in their good works to bring them into fellowship with you, I pray that today they'll turn from that. And they'll see that, that there's no works that we can do to earn favor with you. It's only in Jesus Christ. I pray that they'll run to you and trust you as their Lord and Savior. You are so good. You're so gracious. You're a loving Savior. A wonderful, wonderful friend. In Jesus' name.